Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey everybody, welcome back into the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. This is the Practice Report. It's brought to you by Byers Auto, Ohio State. Getting ready for an early kickoff on Saturday. That'll be 11 o'clock local time at Nebraska. November championship push well underway now. That's Spencer Holbrook. Tim May, Jeremy Birmingham, I am Austin Ward, and uh, Ryan Day and Brian Hartline setting up the scene for Ohio State the week ahead by looking at that offense, which had one champion, Berm. One champion, Jackson Smith and Jigba, and I think, again, I said it on Saturday, I think there's there's an attempt at sending some messages, and Ryan Day sort of scoffed at that notion that, you know, you can't just send messages, but... I think they're trying to send a message. That offensive <laughs> output on Saturday night against Penn State, 500 yards, 33 points, was not enough. Well, it would dilute the message if they said, yeah, well, we just made that up. Yeah. Like, we fudged the numbers. I, you know, I didn't expect a, a different answer from Ryan Day when I asked about that. But, you know, he laid it out. Got to be 80%. And going uh, one for six on touchdowns in the red zone, that's well short of 80%, Spencer. It's kind of interesting because they talked about how during the Oregon, after the Oregon game, you know, 600 yards should equal six touchdowns. Well, they had 500 yards and they almost had – 35 points so it would make sense but the way that it looked was all wonky and messed up and so you just had a weird feeling about it I think this was a standard setting week and it will continue to be you know they're not happy with what happened and they they can be happy about you know getting a win over Penn State because they're never easy but at the same time you know Al Washington says it now you're hearing the offensive guys say it the standard is the standard in this building and they didn't meet that standard whether they won or not and so now you go into a Nebraska game where you could be overlooking this opponent because it's a three and six team that, that doesn't look like they have everything together. But now they've, I think there's been a challenge issued. You know, we did not meet that standard and it's time to do that this week. That yeah. was a lot of math. We're going to get in Too a much lot math. of trouble if math. we rely on numbers throughout this whole show. That is not our forte on the practice report, Tim. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just looking at a straight up play that uh, <laughs> I don't know if it was a negative for both players, but that little pass to Chris Olave, you know, at the, on fourth down play when they opted to go for it on fourth and three. And uh, CJ saw one thing, Olave saw another. As I watched the video, I think uh, CJ saw the right thing there, but did they both get a minus on that? You know, did that both keep both of them out of the win column or the champion column? But yeah, there were a lot of gaffes, especially up front with this team. I mean, you know, Penn State mastered the art of blocking for its linebackers the other night, and you're going to see other teams definitely do that, uh, try to do that with their defensively, and it, it really paid off for them against Ohio State's running game. But, you know, I looked at it as Ohio State made, made some plays, made enough plays to win the game. They did score six times with their offense. It's just that four of them were field goals. And uh, uh, so, yeah, it was, it was a great – as the old saying goes, we talked about it after the Oregon game, thinking of one net game. <laughs> it would have been a different feeling coming out of that, but they still would have learned a lot of lessons. I think that's the most interesting part of, of this uh, discussion about the offense and not, not meeting the standard, not grading as champions, is that you know it, it, they still won against Penn State. Like that's really all that ultimately matters. And uh, I know Berm, you know, has talked about this after the game, and he asked you know, Ryan Day about this. Like, well, you're just going to challenge the offensive line. Uh, was that the motivation there? Are you grading down some guys to send a message like the message is you got to win the game and yeah. you can't just be doing things solely because Georgia's defense is really good and you want to make sure that you might be ready for the playoff like that's not going to cut it so that's the I guess the most 
unusual part about breaking down this particular win over Penn State is that it was a nine-point win against the top 10 defense. Yes. And you're not going to score every time you touch the ball against every opponent you play. So obviously you learned some things and you saw that what a, a higher end, maybe even elite, I don't know. Uh, I'll let James Franklin decide that defense, what they can do and what they could exploit. And what that was on Saturday night was Ohio State didn't consistently run the ball the way they wanted to. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's because Penn State schemed them up very well. They moved the defensive linemen a lot. They had three really excellent linebackers. That Penn State secondary is probably the best Ohio State will see until they get into the playoff, if they get there, until they run into a team like Georgia or Alabama. Or, and that's a really good Penn State defense. And, and Ohio State, it's, it's sort of a barometer. You go into that, you've played the last month against teams that really don't compete with you athletically. And then you get an opportunity to go kind of like to like as far as just the, the caliber of athlete. And now you reassess and, and you move forward. And I think the best thing that Ryan Day did today is is make sure that people know that they're not overlooking Nebraska. There's a there is a a a lot of pride in Nebraska, even though their team has been bad. That's not a, a football team that isn't gonna come out and play hard. They're gonna come out and take a swing at Ohio State. And I think that the way Saturday night went against Penn State sort of prevents the Buckeyes from sleepwalking into that 11 a.m. start. Yeah, I think you just hit the nail on the head. You can't, you're not going to be able to sleepwalk because you didn't play very well last week. And so there's, it's a little bit of a wake-up call, but you still won the game. And so, like Austin said, it's just kind of a weird feeling almost after this game because they'll never, you, we wouldn't expect them to ever complain about a win over Penn State, but there's just so much to clean up that, yeah. you know, even the, the pre-snap penalties, you know, Ryan Day was asked about it again today and he didn't, it was the one question where I thought he looked really you know, ticked off. Flexed. Yeah, he was not very happy. <laughs> and I don't think it was because he just got asked, but he was able to answer it and show that he was not pleased with the way the offensive line, you know, maneuvered pre-snap and, and the things that happened before the snaps. And there's just so much to clean up. But at the end of the day, you know, when the rankings come out tonight, Ohio State's still going to be in the top 10. They've still got one, only one loss. There's still everything in front of them. And so it's a great wake-up call, a good learning opportunity, and I think they're going to take it and continue to advance into a, a, what could be a sleepy kickoff against Nebraska. It turns into a, a motivating factor this weekend. Yeah. Bottom line is Nebraska hasn't quit in any game it's been in this year, and it's been in the games. I mean, as they pointed out, you know, Oklahoma game, the Michigan game, right on down the line, they've, they've been in these games, and uh, uh, they're not going to quit probably on Saturday, to, no matter what time this game starts. So this will be a challenge for Ohio State on the road. Uh, with that said, though, the biggest thing I learned today was that the iPhone was invented by a lazy guy or a guy <laughs> that uh, who was inventing it for lazy people. And that came uh, from Brian Hartline pointing out that, you know, you've, uh, you uh, have a phone, the, the easier you can start it, the better off you are, uh, the better off more people are. And it, it basically brings along laziness. and. Uh, uh, he was making a point about how his, he challenges his players to keep working, keep working hard. Don't be, don't be lazy, et cetera. And he's got a really good working group in his uh, wide receiver room. But that was the most startling thing I heard today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, yeah, mine was that Travion Henderson uh, <laughs> is going to be getting a, a relatively full workload throughout the week of practice. It's uh, yeah. based on what I am told, just a bruise on that left leg and nothing more severe than that. Obviously, he was dealing with you know some pain late in that second half, and 
having to grind through the most physical game probably of his entire life, if we're uh, being honest about it. Well, he didn't get touched in three years of high school football. Yeah, so I think that that's, that's a new thing for him, but uh, doesn't appear to be anything severe uh, enough to keep him out of practice this week or on Saturday at 11 a.m. Uh, local time in Lincoln, but we'll keep an eye on that. And then also that Ryan Day would like a serious look at the targeting penalty. Not that you should remove targeting from college football. I don't want these two to start arguing again like they did on Saturday night about it, but the severity of the punishment with Steel Chambers going out on the first defensive snap of the second half, missing all of that half, and then now all of the first half, he's missing the entire game. He would like that Crazy. to be Crazy. a 30-minute penalty. I still believe that it should be a yellow card and red card situation for college football. I know that uh, people who hate soccer will not be a fan of that, but just think about it. As I hate soccer. Strike one or strike I, two. I, I hate know. soccer, and I am a fan of that. Right. Uh, I, I think it's pretty clear that college football realizes that the punitive nature of targeting has been exa- you know, exaggerated. They did that this year by making sure you guys didn't have to take the walk of shame off the field and they can stand on the sideline after they get uh, removed from the game. But that is, in a sense, a, a one-game penalty for Steel Chambers for grazing a player who <laughs> slid behind the line of scrimmage when he didn't have a chance to stop himself. I mean, it just it seems very, very aggressive. All right, so I would wait a I would feel more, better for Steel Chambers if he if he when you watch the replay if he didn't sort of dip his head as he I'd went. I'd have felt in, better if he would actually. No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying you're taught not you know you're taught repeatedly not to do that, and it's for your own benefit too. I'm not I'm not standing up for the rule one way or the other, especially. Uh, well, the really, penalty yeah. involved, I'm talking about not the 15 yards, the penalty involved of missing a whole half of football now because of the first play of the second half is really nuts. But the flip side of it is he could have avoided it anyway. The way I, the rule's written, it's a penalty, but it shouldn't be regardless. And I think it was also clear, as Tim asked Ryan Day about the holding call, that this, yeah. this totally inept crew did not want to eject Steel Chambers, which is why they tried to halfway it with a – uh, personal foul, 15-yard yeah, late. Exactly. Hit. They because didn't they make the call. Because they knew that there wasn't uh, intent to this right. hit, that it didn't knock Sean Clifford out of the game, and that to miss now a whole game yeah. when Sean Clifford didn't miss a single play is nonsense. And then the bozos upstairs. The bozos. <laughs> yeah. I, I would hey, say bozo. You listen to us, bozos. <laughs> I could, don't. I could it's say, only a bozo, isn't it? I could say different words, but I choose to be a little PG about it. And bozo the, seems aggressive. Yeah. He, but to 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 phone downstairs and say, "Hey, that's targeting. This guy should miss not just the rest of this game, but the next, the first half of the next game," is is absurd. Put and him you in know, prison. you know, the officiating crew did it did try to to negate that penalty from being levied against him. And and honestly, as bad as that crew was, which it was a a, ter- a horrendous showing of officiating. You know, kudos to them for actually trying something that, that would have been good, not just for Ohio State, but probably for the game, to not have him sit out for you know an entire game of football. But yeah. whatever. Those you bozos know. should be in ref jail, and I think you can take that to the bank. That's the practice report <laughs> brought to you by Buyers Auto. Guarantee bozos for ref jail. That's Spencer Holbrook, Tim May, Jeremy Birmingham. I am Austin Ward. Full coverage, a lot more. We're going to have another practice report on Wednesday night after the Buckeyes get through a Tuesday and a Wednesday on the practice field out here in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. Stay tuned for full coverage of that at lettermanrow.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the On3 Network right now. $10 for an entire year. You can't beat it. Uh, We'll see you back here tomorrow.